Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Joseph De La Cruz. I'll be your presenter for today. So we've recently launched a new community portal. Uh, go to our website at realestateiq.co. Uh, there's a button to, to click on the community there. So I highly encourage you all to join the community. It's a place where you can find like-minded individuals, real estate investors, uh, power team members, anyone who's doing deals or facilitating deals. Um, you can find their information there, uh, people for the legal side of things, for the construction side, for title, insurance, and all that. So definitely check out our community there, become a part of it, and uh, you'll find a lot of uh, value and uh, networking contacts there. It's completely free, so I recommend you please check it out and uh, let us know what you think as well. We, uh, you know, Part of the reason we were able to grow to where we are today is because of the feedback of all our uh, clients and all of our networks. So uh, please don't be, don't be shy. Give us any feedback that you have uh, and we'll, we'll definitely take a close look at any ideas, any feedback, any thoughts that you all have for us. Uh, so uh, this event again is brought to you by Real Estate IQ. We are the number one in deal finding. And um, why we can say that is because we provide um, a ton of, uh, of uh, leads for our investors. So it's over 45,000 distressed and motivated seller leads every single month. Um, and we are currently in Texas, in the major markets here in Texas. That's Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, and Austin. We are also in two out of the uh, four major metro areas in Florida and also in Atlanta, Georgia. And we, of course, are not going to stop there. We will be nationwide uh, within uh, a short period of time. So if you're interested in other markets outside of Texas, Florida, and Georgia, let me know where you invest as well. Um, your feedback is also very, very crucial uh, to help us steer the direction of our expansion. And if you have um, let's say you've got already got operations uh, in a particular market, I'd love to hear from you, see if there's any opportunities where we can partner and, and bring our services uh, to that particular market. So let me know in the chat window what markets outside of Texas, uh, Florida and Georgia, or even if you're in Texas in kind of one of the smaller markets that I didn't mention um, outside of the major metro areas, basically the, the Texas Triangle, as we call it. Let me know where you're investing. Um, I'd love to talk to you and hear, to hear about that as well. Um, and I love this guarantee. Um, you will always find a deal with Real Estate IQ. Uh, we're confident that if you use our data, you've, you execute um, the right strategies, um, and the right strategies are, are readily available. Uh, you can join any of our, our networking events. We've got uh, a fantastic lineup of, of affiliates and um, speakers within our network who can teach you exactly what to do with all these leads, you know, what is the strategy? What's the marketing message? You know, what are the channels you should hit? Uh, we're more on the technology, uh, on the data side, um, but, and we've got plenty of people in our network who can help take you to the next level in, in terms of the marketing and kind of the specific real estate strategies. But when you look at our entire network, the data, um, the, the vendors, uh, the education that, that's all part of our network, uh, we're absolutely confident that you can find a deal um, using our, our software and our data. 
That being said, uh, a bit more about Real Estate IQ. So we were founded, uh, we've been around for about five years now. Uh, our co-founders, two co-founders, Steve and Juan Carlos, are based in Dallas, Texas. So um, those of you in Dallas, uh, whenever we get back to having uh, events, uh, live events, definitely, uh, you know, we don't know when that's going to be, but uh, you might have the chance to meet Steve and Juan Carlos if you're up in Dallas. Um, we've also got Becky, uh, Director of Education, then myself, Joseph, uh, the Director of Product Development, and Rodney, uh, Director of IT. Um, the cool thing is we're all real estate investors as well. So not only are we um, you know, tech, a technology company, but we're all uh, real estate investors ourselves. Um, and we, we, quite a few of us, we actually still do active deals using the Real Estate IQ platform, which is uh, which is fantastic. I love I love being able to be part of uh, both sides there. So a bit more about myself. Um, I am the product manager um, for Real Estate IQ. So if you've got any questions about the product we offer, um, uh, I can definitely field those. Um, I am kind of um, involved also with the Austin and San Antonio market as well. Um, but um, of course, all our events now are online, so kind of crosses all the borders and, and boundaries. Um, my secondary focus, uh, all the, uh, of course, um, first and foremost, I, I work with Real Estate IQ. But again, I, as I mentioned, I also am a real estate investor here in the Central Texas area. Uh, I've done uh, several deals um, just in the past. Um, in the past four months, we've done about five or six deals. Um, ranging from fix and flips to some buy and holds. Um, of course, we do things like subject to transactions and wraps as well. Um, so definitely um, love to network as well on the real estate investment side. So let me know if, if anyone has any deals to wholesale. Uh, feel free to type that into the chat window during the presentation as well. Um, leverage the opportunity here or make use of the, the networking opportunity you might be able to find a buyer uh, just amongst all the attendees. So my background, again, is on the engineering side, um, software specifically, and um, I've spent about six, six years in corporate America doing um, data automation and computer vision. So a couple photos from some of my recent projects here. So the photo here on the right is, well, that one wasn't recent. That was the first deal I ever did. Uh, this was back in 2018, um, so actually not too long ago. Um, I was actually then a client of Real Estate IQ, and I was uh, door knocking the uh, it was the HOA liens list, and I got that property under contract. It was actually about to go delinquent on the mortgage side as well. Um, and then the other deal here is another one uh, from from I think it was late last year. Uh, we picked up a vacant property that had a bit of bit of flood damage uh, on that uh, uh, in that house, so we picked that up and flipped that as well. So I've done I've done my fair share of deals, um, but I'd also like to acknowledge our sponsors. You know, without the the support of a lot of our sponsors, our power team, um, we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing today. So. Um, what we'll do is we'll put the contact information for all these sponsors in the chat window. Um, so I'll just quickly do a, a call out and uh, to them. So we've got three, three money, <laughs> three money vendors. So hard money lenders, investor loan source, blink lending and Bay mountain capital. Um, 
not uh, definitely, definitely all not all hard money lenders are created equal. Uh, and just and just because you've got one hard money lender, it doesn't mean you shouldn't network. You shouldn't find um, you know shop around, see what see what other hard money lenders can offer you in terms of rates or features of their product. Um, they have all hard money lenders have a different product portfolio. So you for one deal you might need to go with one. For another hard another deal you might need to have different terms and. A different hard money lender might be able to help you out there. So I do know Investor Loan Source, Blink Lending, um, Bay Mountain Capital. You know, I think I've done personally, I've done uh, business with at least half of these vendors here. We are, we are very particular about those who, that, who we choose to be in our circle. So um, we cannot speak highly enough of, of all these vendors here. So reach out to them. Uh, reach out to Quest Trust Company as well. Uh, if you're looking to self-direct any of your 401k or IRA uh, retirement funds and kind of diversify and branch out and get uh, those funds invested in some real estate. And then on the passive side, Note School, uh, Eddie Speed, if you're looking to invest more passively or even, you know, you can do active investing in, in notes as well. Uh, it's just another uh, avenue for generating income the real estate routes, uh, definitely check out Note School. And for those buy and holders, uh, we do have a fantastic property manager, real property management. Uh, so their contact information again is in the chat window. And last but definitely not least, uh, if you're looking for uh, advice to grow your business and scale it, uh, to do it efficiently, to do it, um, to do it properly, according to experience, um, people who have a lot of experience growing businesses and helping other people grow their businesses. Uh, Sean with Action Coach is a fantastic resource. So definitely make use of all those uh, sponsors, reach out to them and ask them how they can help you grow your business. Just want to, before we jump into the presentation, I want you to hear from one of our customers for Real Estate IQ. So let me play this video here. Give me a second and to make sure the audio is set up properly. Hey guys, we're here at the Quest Trillion Dollar Mixer right here. And I'm talking to Omero Corona. He's just made more than $100,000 with Real Estate IQ. Could you tell us about your story? Yeah. How's everybody doing? Omero Corona here at the uh, Quest Trust uh, Trillion Dollar Mixer. Really excited to share all my testimony and my story with uh, Real Estate IQ. So over the last, uh, you know, about six, seven months, I've been using uh, their platform and getting some of their uh, lists. And I was able to uh, finish my first flip recently where I was able to net about 85000 And in total, I think I've uh, been able to make about $100,000 with Real Estate IQ and their tools. So really excited to share this uh, great um, you know, company with you guys and definitely uh, give it a shot. I think you guys uh, will take advantage of all the tools and uh, it will be profitable for you and your company. Thank you, guys. So just like Camaro, if you're interested um, in learning more about our services as well and finding out um, a bit more in-depth on all the different products that we offer and how you can leverage them to grow your business like Camaro was able to, uh, we are offering a, um, a live demo, a one-on-one -on -one demo with you um, for all of our services. So today we're going to be going over just the off-market leads 
products, but really um, we've got three other products in our toolkit in our platform that will help you um, find and, and analyze deals uh, and close deals like Homero. So if you're interested in seeing a demo, um, again, it's a one-on-one -on -one demo. We will arrange with you. It's all online, completely free and on your schedule. Uh, just uh, let us know. A, a poll question probably just popped up on the window. Uh, just let us know in that poll question if you're interested in a 45-minute demo, one-on-one, -on -one, and we can go through um, all of the tools in our platform. So that being said, um, let's go on to the main presentation. So we are going to talk specifically about off-market leads uh, and how we can leverage off-market leads to find deals um, so the off-market leads product is just one of the three tools that we offer uh, that help you find and identify deals. Uh, so the combination of all these three products is what we call a deal finding suite. Uh, but for today, again, we're going to focus just on the off-market lead side and uh, we'll get into the definition of what that is in just a moment here. Uh, but once you've found the deal, um, or even in the process of looking for deals, uh, you'll also need tools to help you analyze uh, to, to see whether or not those are truly good deals or not. So we've got a suite of tools as well. First and foremost is uh, the FastCMA tool so that you can figure out the ARV for your properties, ARV being the after repair value, that being pretty much the, one of the most crucial numbers that you need to determine when analyzing the deals. So we've also got some other tools here to help you estimate repairs and analyze the ROI for your deal. That's all part of the deal analysis suite. And again, something that you can get a in-depth demonstration on if you schedule that one-on-one -on -one demo with us. But that being said, let's move right into the off-market leads portion. Um, so first of all, before we talk about all these different off-market lead types, let's discuss uh, why we wanna do off-market. Uh, and the idea here um, is that uh, if a market, I guess the opposite of an off-market lead is something that's on the market. Um, and something that is on the market generally has a lot more competition, has a lot more visibility from the general public. And therefore, when you have a lot more people going after um, a particular deal, then the price gets basically bid up. Um, and it's no longer a deal. That's what happens a lot at the uh, the foreclosure auctions. Let me know in the chat window if you've ever attended a foreclosure auction and tried to bid on a property. But the, the same idea is there that when you've got a lot of people going after a particular deal, um, you've got a lot more competition that just drives the price up. Uh, so the idea with off-market is just to find the deals before they get a lot of visibility on them. Uh, so actually, Jamie says next Tuesday uh, will be the first auction that he'll be at. Um, excellent. I'm actually not sure if there's still, I think there's still um, um, uh, uh, for not a forbearance, uh, a moratorium on um, on foreclosures in, in Texas. So, um, so definitely that doesn't mean that those aren't good leads anymore. Um, just keep keep track of those leads starting in April, uh, and we'll talk about this. Um, when we get into the pre-foreclosures. Uh, starting with April 2020, a lot of the foreclosures that are backed by the FHA, by um, uh, Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, those have been suspended. 
but that doesn't mean that those people, you know, the money that was owed to the bank is just going to be forgiven. So eventually those, many of those people will probably find themselves in a situation where they are in further or even more dire need of some assistance. It might just take a couple more months. So don't, uh, don't discard those foreclosure leads, those pre-foreclosure leads from, uh, from April. Um, so that being said, uh, again, the general idea with off-market leads, we want to get to these people um, before, uh, before others, before there's a lot more competition, before uh, the properties get listed on the MLS, and there's a lot more eyes on that particular deal. So one of the best ways to, do, uh, to capture off-market leads is to actively market to people uh, who have gone through particular situations or who have... Um, there are particular signs or signals uh, that these people, these homeowners are undergoing some situation where uh, there's likely some distress involved. So these are some of the common off-market lead types. Um, I'll just read them out here first, uh, and then we'll go into detail on what each one of them, you know, what they, what it entails, how, um, you know, what the leads look like. Uh, but let me know if you if there's a lead type that's not mentioned here. Uh, let me know. I'd love to to see if there is any opportunity for us to expand our portfolio, or perhaps there are some lead types here that are not mentioned on the list that we do offer, and they're just not on the list. But uh, let me know what what other lead types you have. So first and foremost, we have everything related to foreclosures. Uh, that's the pre foreclosures. Uh, the appointment of substitute trustee list. Uh, we've also got people uh, who are having trouble paying their loan and have agreed with the mortgage company uh, to modify the terms of their mortgage. Uh, so that's what we call the loan modification list. I know the, the order got scrambled here. So pre-foreclosures, appointment of substitute trustee and loan modifications, these are all people who have um, some trouble paying their mortgage next we have probates and airship lists um, we've also got evictions lists the divorce lists three different types of liens so hospital liens hoa liens and mechanics liens we also do code violations with the city and then we do everything related to taxes property taxes specifically so this is not irs related um, federal taxes, but these are county property taxes. So we'll, we can provide the delinquent tax list and then the tax sales list. Um, and then something new that we're doing, we're just rolling this out uh, in a couple counties here in Texas. We're starting to provide the water shutoff list. So if, uh, if a particular property has had the water service shut off, uh, we will be able to provide that information. And depending on the city, uh, the municipality, we can also tell you if that water was turned back on. So that's extra helpful because sometimes the water is shut off just because, you know, you've got a tenant moving out or you've got a property being listed for sale. It's transferring ownership. That doesn't mean that the property is, is vacant. Ultimately, that is the goal of the water shutoff list is to find properties that are abandoned or vacant, um, you know, because having working water is pretty essential. So if you know that the water has been shut off for a couple months, maybe two to three months, that's a good indication that the property is actually vacant. So that is something that um, 
we are rolling out. So we're not in Dallas County yet. We have um, plenty of leads in the Austin and San Antonio area. Dallas is, at, is actually next on the list. So stay tuned. Probably within the next two to three weeks, we should have some news there. Uh, water shutoff is not covered by the county. It's count covered at the city level. Um, so David, let me know what cities within da Dallas County you're more interested in. Um, and then we can also uh, per perhaps provide a more uh, targeted update to you there. Uh, so with all our off-market leads, uh, what we're doing is we are scrubbing um, several databases every single day. Uh, so we're scrubbing the tax assessor collector database, the, the, the deed recorder or the, um, the official public records with every county. Uh, we're also taking a look at the civil court records um, so every, for every different lead type, you know, we access on average about three to four databases from the county just to aggregate and compile all that information to you. Um, so it's of a great value. You know, we're, we, are, we are essentially sifting through and mining uh, through millions and, and millions of, of different data points for you and aggregating it all together. So with the pre-foreclosure lead, the timeline here um, is first and foremost, the lender, um, you know, the borrower, the mortgager um, um, defaults on their, on their mortgage payment. So the lender then provides uh, the notice to the borrower that they intend to um, accelerate, basically accelerate the, um, the note and um, proceed with the foreclosure process. Unfortunately, especially here in Texas, that information is not publicly recorded. Um, so that first intention from the lender, that first notice from the lender to the borrower, uh, we don't know. Only the, the lender and the borrower know. There are some ways that you can kind of predict uh, with a fair amount of certainty that this has happened if you can monitor their credit scores. Um, you know, after after the person after the borrower is delinquent for 30 days, they'll get uh, they'll get a a derogatory mark on their credit score. But there's no you know that could be from some other event on their credit. So we don't know for sure that that was related to a default in the mortgage. Um, but the first kind of notice that we can actually pull that may be publicly recorded happens at step number two. And that is when the lender appoints a substitute trustee. So the idea here is that the lender, such as you know Wells Fargo or Chase, you know they're not in the business of owning real estate or foreclosing on homeowners. They just want they they're just looking to get interest on on the money that they loaned out essentially. So they hire someone else to take care of the kind of nuances and the specifics related to real estate foreclosures. So they basically hire an attorney. Uh, a law firm that specializes in carrying out the foreclosures. And in this process, uh, to do that, they have to appoint um, a third party to step in on their behalf. And that's what we call the appointment of the substitute trustee. And um, there's an asterisk here because sometimes this is publicly recorded before step number three. Uh, it used to be, historically speaking, that it was legally required for the lender to do step number two before step number three. And uh, when they do that, that's what we call a pre-pre-foreclosure lead. 
because the uh, the pre foreclosure um, basically the auction date has not yet been scheduled, but the bank does you know the bank would file this document stating that okay they're getting ready effectively to to carry out the foreclosure, but that legal requirement has gone away um, here in Texas. But fortunately, sometimes lenders still follow that process. They still appoint the substitute trustee first, and then later on, maybe a week later, um, then the next step, number three, happens. So when you do have number two, step number two happening before step number three, it's an early lead into the, uh, into the pre-foreclosure process. Um, so that's a list that we pull as well. We call it the appointment of substitute trustee lead. Uh, so definitely if you're using our, uh, our tools, our data, uh, make use of the appointment of substitute trustee lead. It could give you an early window onto um, a pre-foreclosure lead. But uh, the final notice in step number three is really what we call the pre-foreclosure lead. Um, the formal... Uh, the formal name for that particular lead is called the Notice of Substitute Trustee Sale. Um, it's a mouthful, but that basically just means it's the notice of the auction. Um, so that, that document tells you the date and the time and the location that the lender is going to carry out the foreclosure auction. And legally, the lender has to notify the borrower and post this notice in a public place 21 days before the auction. So at a very minimum, you should have 21 days before the auction to reach out to this particular individual and let them know, hey, you know, your house, your property is scheduled for auction. Um, I can help, right? So that's the pre-foreclosure list. You know what? Let me just pull up the list real quick here. I think we have a bit of time there. So let me show you what I'm talking about specifically. Um, so stage number two is the appointment of substitute trustee. Stage number three is the pre-foreclosure. So let me pull up the stage number two, which again is appointment of substitute trustee. And I'll pull up one of the leads here. Um, and you can see if you scroll over to... Foreclosure... Ah. There it is. So there's a column here. Let me zoom in so you can see it. Um, there's a column that says foreclosure instrument number. And that basically means this is the link between stage number two to stage number three. If you see a number in here, that means that there's already a auction date set for that particular lead. And therefore, this is, you know, that this particular lead at stage two happened at the same time pretty much as a lead at stage number three. So you just would ignore this one here um, and work the, the lead at stage three, you know, the, the pre-foreclosure lead. Next, um, moving on from pre-foreclosure, we do have the probate and the affidavit of airship list. So these are two separate lists, uh, but kind of deal with the same thing. So number one, the probate list is... Uh, this is a, a list of people uh, who owned real estate. So that's the important thing uh, because you can buy a probate list out there, but sometimes it includes people um, who've, who don't actually, who did not own real estate. Uh, so the probate list that we provide is specifically scrubbed for people who own real estate. 
Um, so this is specifically a lead uh, where someone has passed away, that's the decedent, and they, they owned real estate in their name. Uh, and there was a will that they had put in place uh, to convey ownership of their real estate, <clears throat> excuse me, to, uh, to the specified heirs. Uh, so this is a, a lead where, you know, you want to reach out to the heirs or, you know, to the probate attorney assigned to the case and let them know that, um, you know, you can make an offer on the property. So instead of um, it's, instead of the heirs taking over the property, which, you know, to some people, real estate is actually a liability. You know, they have to pay property taxes on it. They have to maintain it. They might have to find a tenant to put in place. They might have to do the repairs and all that. So if you can find those people where, um, the real estate is actually a headache to them. You can step in and offer um, offer a fair cash offer there, uh, and get the property uh, and give you know the heirs the cash instead of the the actual property that that they're inheriting. So, um, number the the next lead type though, if there was no will in place or if that will was not put through the probate courts within four years of the decedent passing away, um, then the other option is for the heirs to do an affidavit of heirship process. Uh, so this is a similar, it's similar to probates, it's just there was not a will in place, uh, but it's the same premise. Um, so Let's see, any, any questions on the probate side? We will get to the liens in a second here. Um, so Elver, I, I assume you're, meant, you're referring to home association, homeowner association, so HOA liens. Um, perfect, yeah, we'll get to that in a couple slides here. Um, Betty is asking how you transfer over info from the pre-foreclosure list to FAST CMA. Um, so, that you just have to type in, unfortunately. So just take, you know, you have the main pieces of information, the address, the year built, and the square footage. You just need to type those three pieces of information into FastCMA. Um, that is a feature we're working on for the future where you can just go directly from uh, from one, uh, from the lead into the FastCMA portal. But for now, just type in those three pieces of information and you'll get the, uh, the ability to run the comps there. So let me jump to the liens list and then we can, we can backtrack because I did, I think we do have a question about liens here. Um, and actually I didn't have slides prepared for the liens. So let me just pull up a sample liens list and we can talk about that. So I'm going to go back to, um, back to my email inbox and pull up the liens list. And for liens, I'll pull up the HOA liens list. Um, Elver, what, what county were you in? I'll pull up one that's specific to your county. Let me double check. Um, well, Jamie says Houston. Okay, <laughs> let's do Houston. Okay, well, Elver, you asked the question originally. We'll, we'll do DFW first, and then I'll show a different lead from, uh, from Houston for you, Jamie. Um, so this is the liens list for Houston, or sorry, for, excuse me, for Dallas. So we've got Terrence. There are lots of hospital liens. Let me scroll down. Okay. I think we just have Tarrant right now. I've got to check the status on, on DFW here, but you can take a look at, um, so an HOA lien, the information you get, of course, 
key piece of information. Any of any of these records, you might want to reference them against the actual source of information. Let's say you need more details or the homeowner says, you know, they deny that there's anything wrong. Well, you can say, well, you're, this is your case number with the county. Pull up case number D22008198 um, associated to your particular case. This is an HOA lien on your property. Um, here's the property address. Um, here is the name of the homeowners association. And then also the, the amount. So sometimes the amount is not publicly known or it's kind of redacted information. Um, most of the time, well, a, a good portion of the time, we do know the lien amount. And you'll see that here. If that information is not in the public records or if it's been removed for some privacy reasons, uh, then we won't have that information there. Uh, but at the very least, you know who's the lien holder, who is the lien, uh, what property is the lien filed against, uh, who is, what is the name of the person who owns the property where the, the HOA lien is filed against. And then for some of our clients who opt for our uh, extra skip tracing service, you'll also get the phone number and the email for these two owners. And not only their information, but their next of kin. So, for example, if uh, you might get the phone number for the, the husband, the next of kin would include the, the wife. Maybe uh, it could include grandparents or parents or, or children uh, or brothers or sisters. So uh, that's an additional service that we offer to help you get in touch with, uh, with the owners. And if sometimes you'll find they're not so easy to get in touch with, you might need to call some of their relatives to get a hold of the, the owners. So uh, let me know if you have any questions there. It's pretty straightforward with the liens. Um, and that's same with all the other lien types. It's basically the address again, uh, the property, uh, the name of the homeowner, and then who filed that lien. And sometimes you'll get the lien amount. Okay, so let me switch back to the slides. Um, and then let's move on and talk about uh, the evictions list. And this is something that I like to talk about now, especially with, um, with the current pandemic situation, because evictions actually have been um, similar to mortgages. There's a, a temporary suspension on evictions. So currently, landlords cannot evict tenants, even if they're not paying rent. So a lot of people ask, well, what's the use in, in working these evictions lists? You know, are there even going to be any leads on the, on the eviction side? Um, so unfortunately, uh, you, we are seeing a reduction in the number of uh, leads on the eviction side. But the reason I call this out is because this is temporary. Um, as soon as landlords are able uh, and allowed to evict, it's going to pick up again and, I think it's safe to say that there's going to be a lot of landlords that are hurting from uh, from the current situation, not being able to collect rent. Um, so as soon as they're able to process evictions again, I think we're going to start to see a huge spike on that. So that's something maybe right now is not a good, um, is not a, an ideal list. But what you can also think is um, you can market to people who are likely to be landlords and even if they haven't filed for an eviction because they can't right now, um, now might be a good time to reach out to these landlords. So the absentee owner list or the non-owner occupied list 
uh, is a great list to work right now, I think, because you'll get a lot of landlords, um, especially small, uh, as they call them, mom and pop landlords, people who own just one or two rental properties in their name, who live near, you know, maybe they just live a couple miles away from their rental property. Um, this is a good opportunity, I think, to reach out to those people. Uh, I've spoken with two of them recently where they fall into that category where they, they're not a large-scale investor, they just have a rental property, but they're not being paid rent right now. So there is some opportunity um, and some motivation there. Okay, so for the sake of time, I just want to move on and touch on the other off-market lead types. Uh, we do have the divorce lead type. This is uh, These are all cases where um, the, uh, the two parties involved own real estate together. Uh, they have um, initiated uh, and filed for a divorce. Uh, sometimes we are able to mine the lead when the divorce has just been filed. Sometimes we get the lead when, um, from the county when the divorce uh, case has already been finalized. So um, in those cases, when the divorce lead is finalized, I'll show you what it looks like. Uh, let me pull up the, the list here, and I'll do a Houston list this time. Bear with me for a second here. Oops. Sorry, I'm switching the screen a lot here. Um, so I'll pull up the divorce list for Houston. And what you will see is in some cases, we can tell if the property was awarded to um the plaintiff or the defendants and that way you know okay I, I just need to reach out to who the property was awarded to uh, so you can see here uh if the property if it's na on who the property was awarded to it's likely that the divorce case is still ongoing and it hasn't been settled but in some cases here you can see that the property was awarded to the petitioner so then you need to reach out to the petitioner um, and, and, you know, market to them because now the respondents in this particular case doesn't own the real estate anymore. It's been awarded to the petitioner. The catch, though, is that sometimes the respondent might still be financially obligated um, to help pay the mortgage. So maybe it is a good idea to reach out to them as well. Um, you know, it, it, there's, there's no harm, I would say, in, in doing that. And again, for the skip tracing side, if the property was awarded to the petitioner, what you'll get is the petitioner's contact info. If it was awarded to the respondent, you would get the respondent's information. Uh, but there's a good chance you'll get both of them. One of them will show up in the next of kin um, with a phone number and email as well. Next, we have loan modifications, which we touched on before. These are uh, people who were having problems paying the mortgage, but uh, have proven to the lender that they have some kind of um, extenuating circumstances and the lender has approved uh, for them to kind of modify the original terms of the mortgage. Most often it's just take what's, what's owed and tack it onto the back end of the loan. Um, but it's still another sign of motivation and distress. Next, we have code violations. Um, these are maintained by the city. So it's a database of people who have failed to comply to some rules or standards of maintenance um, as set by the city. So some examples are people with overgrown grass or trash in the yard, people with structural or hazardous um, looking foundations uh, or uh, structures on their, on their property. 
Um, but there's also a category called work without permit. If the, if the homeowner is doing some work that requires a permit and the, the city notices that they're doing that work without a permit, they'll also get a code violation. So I would say the more motivating ones are, to focus on are the you know trash in the yard, overgo, overgrown grass, and structural issues. So most of the cities do provide some kind of code that you can use to filter those out by. Uh, the codes vary from city to city. So the best thing to do with the code violation list is actually to call up the city and say, hey, I'm, you know, I saw this this property on the code violation list. What is the what was the reason it was on the list? Uh, and if it's not obvious on the list we provide, the city can definitely provide a bit more information on that. Okay. Um, last but not least, and then we'll wrap this up, uh, is the delinquent taxes or the tax foreclosure list. So again, this has to do with uh, property taxes, not, um, not uh, IRS-related you know, federal tax payments. So if someone does not pay their property taxes, then they will get on the delinquent tax list. Um, and that is a, it is a very, very large list. I think in most counties, there's um, most of the larger counties, there's in the tens of thousands of people who are delinquent on taxes, uh, but they are by varying amounts. So some people are just delinquent by $50. Some range, it ranges from $50 all, all the way to tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, so the most important thing with this list is to be able to filter it and, and kind of narrow down your motivation. Um, next, if people are delinquent on their taxes for long enough, then um, they will eventually be foreclosed on by the county. Um, and that is another list that we provide. Um, it's similar to the mortgage foreclosures where there is a time, a date, and a location set for these foreclosures. And um, of course, that is the most motivated uh, any uh, homeowner will get is if they're about to go to foreclosure. So you can kind of see there's, there's a, a spectrum of, of motivations. You know, if they only owe $1,000, probably not that motivated. $5,000, more motivation, $10,000, even more motivation. And the most motivation is when they owe enough for long enough that the county decides to foreclose. Um, so that's that for the off-market leads. Let me know if you have any other questions. Uh, if there's other lead types we didn't cover today, um, let me know in the chat window. Um, that being said, um, so if you have more questions, you want more information, um, stick around a bit longer. I'll, I'll stick around on the call to answer any other questions you have, but we are giving away a couple freebies here as well. Um, and also, um, of course I'm giving you our contact information here on the screen. So feel free to reach out to our customer service team. If you've got any questions, whether you're a client or, or, um, or a prospective client, you're thinking about, uh, leveraging our data feel free to reach out to our customer service team. Uh, they'll respond to you in just a couple hours. That being said, thank you all so much for being here. Um, take care, stay safe, and happy deal finding to you all. For webinar schedules, follow us at our official social media accounts or visit us at www.realestateiq.co.